Hey friends, quick note about today's Zoo News episode. Uh, so initially I intended to do a quick discussion about the controversy about the Paris Fashion Week uh, dresses and their effect on conservation and what the conservation community is saying about them and then dive into the actual Zoo News for the week. Instead, I rambled for the entire half hour sharing different thoughts from different listeners and even some audio from people. And uh, I just was really caught up in this story. And so I wanted to share this. It's kind of normally what I would do as a bonus episode, but you're getting it as your Friday episode right now. You're welcome, question mark. But anyway, do not despair. I will say this at the end, but I decided that I'm going to uh, do a normal Zoo News that I'll drop sometime this weekend. But this went really long and took a lot of research and talking to people. And uh, I just didn't have the time to do both episodes for Friday. So uh, enjoy this slightly different Zoo News, and uh, I'll see you guys later this weekend for the normal Zoo News. But enjoy. Hello, I'm John Rossi, a touring drummer with a love of all things animal. When I'm on the road, I visit as many zoos, aquariums... Hey, wait a minute. What's going on? Hey, what's going on there? Hello? Hello? We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you Rossafari Zoo News. News you can use from the world of zoos and conservation. Every week, we bring you breaking news and analysis from around the globe, featuring the animals you love and the people who care for them. And here's your anchorman, John Rossi. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Ross Safari Zoo News, your look at all things newsworthy in the world of animals, zoos, conservation, all that good stuff. Uh, normally, every week, what we do here is a um, crowd-sourced news program. So uh, if you happen to see anything that is zoo newsworthy or, um, you know, conservation news, other news, stuff about animals, whatever, you can tag me in it at Ross on the socials or at Rossafari Pod on TikTok, you can email it to me, rossafaripod at gmail.com, or, um, you know, whatever, send up smoke signals, get it to me in some way, and I'll say your name at the end of the episode, and we'll go through a bunch of news stories, and it will be awesome. And that's how these episodes normally work. However, that's not quite how this episode is going to work. We're going to do a little detour uh, into a deep dive on something that um, I've been following this week and that I find very interesting. So I've been talking to some people and and we're going to spend some time on an interesting topic this week. Then I will do some some normal zoo news. But but first, let me catch you up on the life of John. And the life of John is crazy, but we know this. Um, yeah, so uh, I have started grad school, uh, my second semester. I only am doing one class this semester, but I started it, and um, I'm pretty excited, y'all. The the main project for it, uh, so it's called Biology in the Age of Technology, and uh, the main project at the end of the semester that we turn in that is like most of our grade is we can do one of two things. We can either do a big report on some form of technology that is helping conservation, big yawn, or we can do something, a project that uses technology to further conservation education. I'm not even kidding you when I say that one of the suggested projects is a podcast episode, and um, I 
I I hope I'm allowed to do that. I should be allowed to do that. Just because I do a podcast doesn't mean that I shouldn't be allowed to do that. Um, but assuming I'm allowed to do that, then that's what I'm going to do. And uh, I'm really excited. And I will still put in a ton of really hard work and make sure that it is awesome. And then I'll be able to share it here on the feed, which is absolutely incredible. So um, yeah, hopefully that's how that works out. And you don't get an update soon with me saying, oh, my professor said since I have a podcast, I have to do something else. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about this course. Also, from what I was reading about the description of the course, it seems like uh, the course will probably help me grow and, and find new ways to improve this podcast. Now, I know. I know what you're thinking right now, which is, John, how can you improve something that is already literal perfection? Well, I don't, I don't know yet. I haven't taken the course, guys, so, so calm down. But, uh, but, you know, hopefully we learned something and hopefully uh, it helps grow Ross Safari. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, yeah, so um, some other cool stuff going on and also some challenging stuff going on, you know, normal life, but uh, not stuff I can really talk about right now, either not my stories to tell or, or things that haven't come to fruition yet, but look like they're going to. So uh, yeah, lots going on. Pretty excited about all of that, um, but really excited about biology in the age of technology, or as I like to call it, the Rossafari class. Uh, all right, so before we get to Zoo News... I want to start off with a deep dive into something that crosses other news and conservation news, and that is the controversy of the dresses. So if you don't know what I'm referring to there, I'm talking about Paris Fashion Week 2023, where it was the rage for multiple designers to have animal heads on the dresses that people wore. Now, let me be clear what I'm talking about here. They are animal heads. <laughs> I don't really know how else to say it. Um, there is a snow leopard head. There is a lion head, two lion heads, actually, uh, one of which was worn by uh, Kylie Jenner. So that's uh, a name that people... No. Uh, <laughs> and um, and then there was a wolf head as well. And they were full-sized heads jutting out from the outfits that these models and celebrities were wearing. Now, I want to be perfectly clear here when I say that um, they were completely fake, okay? They were not animal heads. They were not made out of animal material at all. They were 100% fake, but honestly, they looked pretty darn real in the pictures I saw. As a matter of fact, they looked so real that I immediately saw one and went, holy crap, no, that can't be, and hopped online and, and found out that it's not. It's, it's not a real lion's head. Okay, cool. I kind of figured not. That's like illegal and stuff. But, you know, I had a look. But I will tell you that, that some people online did not bother doing the Google and started ranting immediately about, um, you know, these these uh, couture labels using um, real animal heads. And that was not the case. OK, that's not even the controversy I'm bringing up here, although there, there were people that, that thought that was what was going on. And, and that's going to be part of the bigger discussion here. So I guess the bigger controversy and the thing that I wanted to spend some time talking about here 
is what effect these animal heads being seen all over social media and on influencers and um, being seen as, you know, high fashion at this time, what effect does that have on what we're doing, on conservation, on, you know, animals? Is this a a good thing, a bad thing, a neutral thing. And so I asked people to uh, send me either some audio or um, some thoughts written out. And uh, I talked to some conservationist friends that, that I have either had on the podcast or that I, I will have on the podcast. Um, and I, 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 I guess uh, I got a lot of different takes on this. Um, first of all, I just have to share I just have to share one of these. My buddy Dylan Hoy, who uh, sent me an audio clip, had an interesting take on the whole thing. So hi, I'm Dylan Hoy, and uh, you might know me from the end of the credits. I send a lot of Zoom news, and I'm here to talk about the Paris fashion show animal heads. And my opinion is they just look kind of creepy and inconvenient to wear and not like comfortable and like. I know it's it's fashion week and it's not supposed to be, you know, the most practical thing in the world, but like that big lion head, that looks like so much work to put on, more more than it's worth, honestly. And then the wolf head, don't even get me started. That that thing's crazy. Uh, it looks like the lady has a second head and I don't know about you, but that's not personally my thing. But I guess if it is your thing, um go for it. But yeah, just definitely not my thing. I could not love that take more. Here we are trying to figure out the, um, you know, the impact of these these dresses on the world of conservation. And my boy Dylan's just like, they're just weird, yo. Like, who cares? They're just weird. And you know what? Honestly, I think that his take may actually be the smartest take of all the ones out there. Because, um, you know, there are four dresses, and it's the controversy of the moment. And, uh news and media like to build controversy and eh, it's not lost on me that I'm adding to it with this podcast and that I got drawn into it, which is why I'm making this episode. It's, it's not, it's not lost on me. I promise y'all. But, um, I, I think probably at the end of the day, four weird dresses, everything's going to be fine. And who really cares unless we make a big deal about it. So um, I think Dylan actually wins the award for best take, even though it was mostly that the dresses were weird and who cares. Uh, so yeah, so I just, I enjoyed that one. Um, I also had Zoe submit her thoughts because she's the smartest human I know. So here is what she thinks. Hi, this is Zoe Rossi of having a theme song on this podcast fame. Um, my thoughts are similar to the thoughts that I have about hunting in general, which is that I feel like there's nothing inherently wrong with it for me. And there's nothing inherently wrong to me in making these fake realistic heads and putting them on clothes and having people wear them and whatever. Um, I find it a little bit distasteful and I don't particularly like it. Kind of freaks me out to see dead animals and it freaks me out the idea of killing things for fun. Um, but especially in this case, nothing was killed and I think it's probably fine if this is what people like to, to see. Um, 
I don't know that much about the story around it. I feel like it was an opportunity to do some conservation messaging, especially with the animals that were chosen for this. Um, looks like it was lions and snow leopards and wolves, and at least wolves and snow leopards are in a lot of trouble right now. Lions are in a little bit of a better shape, but there are definitely issues surrounding it with trophy hunting and that kind of thing. So um, I feel like it would have been an opportunity to do a little bit more education about that world and um, kind of teach people who might not go out of their way to learn these things more about it. But I don't think they're particularly under any obligation to do this. And I feel like it only made a big uproar because people got offended without knowing anything about it, which is often the case and is kind of dumb. Okay, bye. So I totally agree with Zoe that it's really dumb when people get offended um, without, you know, looking into it, like I mentioned at the beginning of this topic. But I will say um, that there are plenty of people who are into the, you know, conservation stuff like we are and um, did their research and still have decided that this is not okay. And, you know, before I go forward, I, I think I should probably tell you all my own thoughts on this. And um, it's, it's, a, a developing thought. I'm not, I'm one of these people, this is going to sound really weird in the age of the internet, but I'm one of these people who actually can have their opinion changed. And so as I've been talking to people, I'm open to hearing ideas and shifting my own thoughts on them. I know, I know, crazy in the world of the interwebs. But um, yeah, so I'm still learning. But my take on this is that it's fine. It's actually preferable to having a bunch of real fur showing up at Paris Fashion Week. Um, you know, one of my good friends, Taylor, who does a lot of amazing work in Tennessee, um, has been debating this with me a little bit. And, um, her take on it is basically that it's a great opportunity for conservation messaging, just like Zoe said, but that since the people aren't using it for that, it's problematic. Uh, I hear that. I do. And I understand that, you know, messaging is wildly important, but also it doesn't have to be the models that do the messaging necessarily. I think this is a great opportunity for us to use our talents as science communicators or even, you know, as just casually interested people to share about the ways that, um, you know, we can avoid using furs and stuff now. And I, I want to give y'all a great example, although. Technically, we're not talking about furs here, but um, let's talk about sea turtles. Y'all know I love sea turtles, and you've probably heard uh, the expression tortoiseshell before, and it turns out that most tortoiseshell stuff back in the day was made from hawksbill sea turtles. In the 1970s, as laws started to be passed around the world to protect sea turtles, this obviously had a real um, detrimental impact on the the sale of tortoise shell, and uh, you know that was to help save the turtles. And while hawksbills are still hunted, and real tortoise shell jewelry and stuff is still made today, the numbers went down significantly, and we all probably know someone who at some point has rocked some tortoise shell glasses or something like that where they're made from plastic or something else and no turtle had to die for that look to be given. So I don't know. I think that's actually a pretty good thing. 
However, this is where just conservation gets so hard, okay? So, you know, this gets into economics and this gets into aesthetics and this gets into fashion and this gets into all kinds of things. So let's stick with tortoiseshells for a second, right? So the argument here is that since synthetic tortoiseshell started popping up in the 1970s and since it got better in the 80s and 90s, more people have happily gotten the fake and much cheaper uh, tortoise shell looking things than the actual really expensive and now highly illegal and risky to own tortoise shells, right? So that's cool. Yay. Less poaching, turtles can live, things are good. Maybe, maybe that is definitely a valid take and there is evidence that points to that. There really is actually a lot of evidence that points to that. However, there is also a lot of evidence that points to the notion that if fakes flood the market, the actual price of actual tortoiseshell will go down, but that just means that poachers will try to poach more sea turtles because now you have to kill more to make the same amount of money. You have to sell more, right? Um, so it's, it's a really interesting dilemma. It also means that in the worlds of people who really care about this kind of thing, that um, having authentic tortoise shell might actually become more of a status symbol. So whereas before, every rich person who was not worried about animals had tortoise shell that was actual tortoise shell, now the uber-rich people who can still afford it can be like, yes, but this is real tortoise shell. Yes, Muffy, don't you love it? Okay, I'm sorry, sorry. This is a serious topic. I'm an idiot. But, um, and and that is just so fascinating to me, and that is... The problem with this entire discussion, to be brutally honest, is that there aren't a ton of studies done about this kind of thing. And the ones that are done often come up with different ways to look at it. And I'm not saying that any of them are wrong or right or anything. I'm just saying that they're confused. I think confused is actually the best word because, you know, there is evidence, like I said, that poaching has gone down. But there is also evidence that the product has now become even more exclusive. So did the demand go down because there was supply of alternative products or did it become more exclusive and thus even more worth poaching? Yes, possibly to both. And neither is, quote, right or, quote, wrong. And and this is where I need to interject for a second and say, this is why I say we need to be careful with posting little 30-second stories on Instagram or, you know, paragraphs on Facebook or whatever, and thinking that we're actually putting up a nuanced argument about something. Because there's a whole lot that goes into this. And we're not talking about the dresses right this second. We're talking about tortoiseshell something there has been a market for fakes of for 60 years, not to mention the authentic one, and we still don't have good data on it. One of the people that I spoke to told me that they think that these dresses will just help assert humans' desire to show dominance over the world and will lead to an increase in trophy hunting and that kind of thing. 
Okay. Okay. I, I hear that. I can see that argument. I can also see the other side of it, which is that, you know, if the famous people are now into fake animal heads, then maybe it's better to have fake animal heads than to go and hunt real ones. Um, there's been a lot of pushback uh, against like the owner of Jimmy John's, who is a trophy hunter and, and stuff like that. Uh, and I, I, I just I don't know that it's that cut and dry. I, I just don't know that that's true. I don't know that there's evidence that supports that. I mean, is the person who gets off on hunting snow leopards the same type of person that is heavily influenced by the Kardashian-Jenner clan? I don't know that that's the case. But, I mean, to be fair, I, I don't talk to these people. I also don't know that that's not the case. And look, I'm going to say this right now. I know that I am both sidesing this argument. That is because I am not here to tell you what to think, but to try to present two sides of the argument. And uh, frankly, I, I truly do see both sides of it. And, you know, like I keep saying, there's not a whole lot of evidence uh, that either side is correct. So I think you just have to look at what you think about it and and then figure out the best thing to do with it. My attitude, I am a wildly optimistic person in a lot of ways. I like to say that I'm an optimistic realist. People who know me the most absolutely agree with the uh, first part of that. Um, but I don't know. I think that the idea that if you want this ridiculous, over-the-top, dead animal on your shoulder look – uh, the fact that you can get that without killing an animal is pretty damn good. Um, I, I wish that we were able to do more synthetic like pangolin scales and stuff and, and that people who believe that they help your penis stay hard or whatever the hell they believe, um, you know, will benefit from the, the synthetic just as much, which actually they would because it does – nothing. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I find this whole discussion so wildly interesting. Another person I spoke to about the topic said that the first word that came to her mind was provocative, but not the good kind of provocative. Um, and, uh, you know, went on to say that animals shouldn't be a luxury product and the association between the taxidermic animals in, in quotes and luxury is, is what made her think provocative. It just inhibits that disconnect between humans and nature. Okay. That's, that's an interesting take on it. Again, I, d I don't know that that's true or not. I don't know, you know, taxidermic is in quotes for a reason. And I don't know, do stuffed animals make you disconnect from animals in the real world? I think that they don't. I think that having a stuffed red panda constantly reminds me how much I love real red pandas. I don't know. That's also a bit of a stretch, and I own that. But, um, you know, we're working through these things together. Honestly, this is one of the first times ever that I have found myself on the same side as PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Uh, this is a – I'm assuming you all know who PETA is, but if not, they are a, a quote, animal rights group. Uh, I don't love that terminology that um, – 
I disagree with on basically everything. And uh, <laughs> although I will say they actually – they approved of and supported the Big Cat Safety Act along with the AZA and they all work together. So strange bedfellows sometimes. But uh, president of PETA, Ingrid Newkirk um, – hailed the uh, three-dimensional animal heads as fabulously innovative. Um, She said that the model's looks celebrate the beauty of wild animals and may be a statement against trophy hunting in which lions and wolves are torn apart to satisfy human egoism. We encourage everyone to stick with 100% cruelty-free designs that showcase human ingenuity and prevent animal suffering, the statement concludes by saying. I agree with PETA on that one, only on that one. Well, like I said, on some other things, but, um, it's very weird to be agreeing and nodding my head with an organization that usually makes me shake or scratch it. Uh, but there we are. So at the end of the day, I think that you can have whatever opinion you want on this topic, uh, in talking to multiple people, like I said, all of whom I actually really respect and who are in the conservation world and um, just, you know, a lot of whom impress the heck out of me on a regular basis. Uh, opinions were split wildly. Um, I didn't, like, make a little tally, but I would say it's it's close to 50-50 with maybe a little bit leaning more towards, you know, these dresses are bad. But um, I they're here. You know, they're here and they're, quote, here to stay. And by that, I mean, it's fashion. At most, it'll last a year. And and most likely, if the controversy hadn't blown up, it would have um, already gone away because that's kind of how fashion works. But, um, yeah, I just think that as conservationists, as science communicators, as people who, even if you are just a casual listener to this podcast – you you probably love animals, and this is something that is in the news that you can talk about. I think it is important to spend time controlling the narrative. Messaging is key, right? We talk about that all the time on this podcast. So if you're going to post about this, if you're going to talk to people about it, I highly recommend – Leading with the conservation message rather than complaining that these dresses exist. Um, And again, just to be real clear, I'm not judging anyone who is complaining or who has posted stuff. This is my thought, my opinion, where I've gotten to with this, okay? If somebody comes to me tomorrow, even if somebody convinces me that this is the worst thing in the world and says to me, oh, what'd you think of this, you know, lion head dress that one of the Jenners was wearing? I'll say, first of all, why is your voice so weird, sir? And second of all, I think it's wonderful that there is a way to stop coaching and still have desires like this met. And then I'll pivot right away from the damn dress and talk about wolves or lions or snow leopards, their conservation status, why trophy hunting is not a great thing, why the black market is such a problem and poaching is such a problem. And I will spend as long educating this person about how we can help animals and how we can do good for them and why these things are problematic as they will let me, uh, you know, until they finally tell me to shut the hell up and get back to talking about the dresses. But But at the end of the day, I think that these things exist and we have to control the messaging around them as best we can. That is the best thing that we can do. 
thank you to everyone who discussed this with me and and had conversations with me and to Dylan and Zoe for sending me audio. I really appreciated all of the conversation around this. And, you know, when I decided that this was going to be part of the episode this week, I did not expect it to turn into basically a half-hour discussion of this topic. But I think it's important, and I think it shows how hard conservation is and how little evidence we have to go off of and how much an idea that seems great to one person will seem disastrous to another person. I mean, people were literally trying to encourage everyone to report every single picture that they saw of these dresses and get them taken down. Um, and okay, that's that's an option. You can do that. But uh, I don't know that that's going to have the, the best impact, but maybe I'm wrong because again, we don't have a lot of evidence on this. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to stop this episode here. Uh, I know that's not what I said in the intro, but um, I, I, I went for a long time and I'm a very, very tired human. So I am going to release this as your Zoo News for Friday, and then I'm going to come back uh, probably tomorrow and um, release, you know, another episode. So maybe it'll drop on Saturday, maybe Sunday, probably Saturday. Um of normal zoo news for the week. I just think that's a better way to do this than trying to cram in some stories and thanking everyone for all the things. Uh, but I will take a moment still to say thank you to my red panda level patrons, Laura Shank and Kristen Dickey, and uh, remind y'all that you can go to patreon.com slash Rossafari and support the podcast. Um, and also just, you know, I love having these discussions, y'all. I love being able to talk about conservation stuff and to have intelligent discourse with people about a topic. So if you love my take, if you hate my take, if you hate that I both sized this a bit, if you love that I tried to show it from both sides, uh, whatever, you know, reach out. I'm here. If I hear enough from people, I might even update in a future episode. Who the heck knows? But uh, regardless, I'm so happy to have this community to discuss things with and to share things with. And um, I'll, I'll be back with normal Zoo News later this week. But uh, thank you all for being here. And remember, the words Newsy Credits Backwards are Steider Kiswen. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Rossi. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.